Hey there, welcome back to another episode of MVP Business Podcast, where we showcase leaders who live through their mission, vision, and passion to drive growth, profits, and loyalty. Today's guest is Mary Lancaster. She's a shamanic energy healer, Reiki healer, all sorts of wonderful, amazing things. Um, so let's start off with saying, first of all, thank you so much for allowing us to come into your space and to talk about all the wonderful things that you do in this world and for this world. Awesome. Yeah, this is exciting. <laughs> I usually do phone interviews or Zoom interviews. I don't do in live stuff. So this is going to be fun. Yeah. So um, that's one of the things that I what it mentioned that as well. This is the first time that I've done a live interview since March. This is 2020. So everything is weird and crazy. But um, Mary and I have been seeing each other <laughs> for a while now. And um, so we just started talking about all the things that we align on and um, wanted to go ahead and, and have this chat and share it with everybody. So Mary, let's start off with you just telling us a little bit about your history and how you came to being a shamanic healer. So yeah, it's been a 40 year process <laughs> um, down to the core of what a shamanic healer is. It's a wounded warrior, right? right. So we have to go through all of these um, life experiences to kind of get to where we are. And I think that me being an impatient person that I am, I'm like, but I want to do it now. Mm -hmm. And spirit is like, no, you have a little bit more learning to do. So it's been a process. It's been an interesting ride. Um, I started out going to college for business management. Well, actually back that up. I started out as an education major. Okay. And, and about a year in, I was like, Oh no, I can't really? do this. Just with yeah. education. Yeah. Um, and so I changed the business cause I was like, well, I can do anything with that. Right. Um, so ended up getting a, a business management degree and went straight into healthcare. Like I've always enjoyed healthcare. I, in high school and college, I worked as a nurse's aide in home health to help fade away. And, um, so I just went into healthcare administration and, and I really did love the job. I love that I could interact with the clients, but I could also go back and I've got a very, like accounting was my favorite class. I've got a very analytical mind and I, everything needs to have its place and be in order. And mm -hmm. so I liked that I could go back to the office and make sure everything was put in place, you know, that kind of thing. So it was kind of a good mix for me. Um, but 12 years later, I was pretty burned out from corporate America. And, and I was just like, there's gotta be something different. There's gotta be something else that can be, that can work better for me. Um, at that time, I was also, this was 2012. I was also going through my dark night of the soul. My personal life was in shambles. My career was going down the tube because I was just so burned out. Like everything was just kind of crumbling around me. And um, I had the opportunity to meet a uh, Reiki master. I didn't even know what Reiki was in 2012. And I went to see her. I just was attracted to her. And I was like, there's something here and I need to talk to this person. Mm -hmm. And my very first session with her just cleared the fog. I knew exactly what was wrong in my life. I knew exactly what I needed to fix. 
and what needed to change. Mm -hmm. And I left her office. I went on my lunch break and I left her office, went back to work and I emailed my boss and I was like, wow, you have two months to find my replacement. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I felt that strong about it. And, and of course there was this huge, like I came home and told my then husband and he was like, are you kidding me? Like you're the breadwinner. Like, what are we going to do? You're going to quit your job you there and, and what are we doing? Yeah. And so I was, I, I had to do it. I knew that my soul was going to die if I didn't get out of that situation. Mm. Um, so, and you knew it wasn't the, the company. It was the whole thing. It, it a little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. A little bit of both. Um, the drive into Austin every day from Wimberley. Oh, which is yeah it's it, so that's an hour at least it, each way yeah I was in North Austin so it was a little over probably hour and a half each way sitting mm-hmm. in traffic I was missing out my kids were growing up and I was missing out on their lives you know I just I was just a shell of a person um so I had a few years prior to that I guess I knew it was going to come and didn't realize it at the time but I decided to go get my massage therapy license mm-hmm. so I had that as a backup, but again, I knew I didn't want to work for anybody else. I was over that. Um, I've always been one to just do things my way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I decided to open my own massage practice. And in Wimberley, um, I started actually in San Marcos. Um, I felt like the clientele there, it's a bigger population. It's, um, I, I just felt like clientele would be easier to, to work with, to start and build the business there. Um, so then after about a year of that, then I opened a second office here. And so I was going back and forth. And so, so here I am killing myself again, you know, falling back into these old patterns of determination and of success and, you know, my ideas around what that was supposed to look like. And then one day again, it hit me and I was like, why are you doing this? You walked away from that life. Why are you starting it again? Like, why are you killing yourself? Mm-hmm. So I closed down the San Marcos office and just opened up here in Wimberley, which was fine. And my people in San Marcos didn't even care. They just followed me over here. Um, so I did massage for about four years, I guess, when I decided to get the Reiki certification. Mm-hmm. And through that time, I was also noticing that with my clients that were coming in, they kept coming in for the exact same ailment every time. It was like they would come in, they'd feel better after the massage, and the two weeks later, they were hurting in that exact same spot again. And so I started doing research, what else can I do to help these people? You know, there's something else going on with their body. And what I found out is that our physical body has an emotional map. So we store emotions in certain parts of our body. And if we can heal the emotion and let that go then the physical body, then is able to heal from Mm -hmm. that. So with the Reiki training, I started incorporating that into the massage so that we were healing two aspects at one time. We were healing physical and the emotional. Um, And started seeing really great results with people. Um, My intuition really kicked in and I was able to pinpoint stuff. You know, my, my very first like aha moment I remember was this woman who kept coming to me with arm pain and I really didn't know her backstory, but after 
the massage, the Reiki and the massage, I told her, I was like, you're gripping onto something. You're holding onto something. You got to let go of it. And when you let go of it, the art pain's going to go away. And she was like, oh my goodness. Like, let me tell you my story. She had been uh, lost at sea for two weeks and she held onto the side of the boat with her arm. Yes. And she was still holding on. Yeah. Emotionally, she was yeah. still holding on. She was still holding on to that fear. And it still gives me chill bugs. I just got chill bugs. Yeah. <laughs> so she was like, oh, wow, you know, light bulb. And so she brought it up to the conscious mind, was able to realize what that's what was happening, let it go, and the pain left. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love that story. That's amazing. And I, you know, I've had my own um, journey with that as well. Um, and I, I feel like I have a harder time letting go than that. Mm. But um, so talk to me about when, when you realized, you know, that you were, you were on this journey and you were seeing and feeling because it goes even deeper than that. Tell us how you got to that next step of, owning the recognition of your intuition and delving deeper into it? Um, it's slowly, it was a slow process for me. I'm very much a recovering control freak. And <laughs> at that time I was still very much wanting to control every little aspect of my life. And that's been one of my biggest lessons in this journey of life is, is letting go of the control and trusting that, the universe has got my back, you know? Mm. So I, after doing the Reiki class and my intuition really started to open up with that, I started just taking any class I could take that I felt like would help me connect more. Um, so I took um, a class to read Akashic records. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that don't know what Akashic records are, it's an energetic field that encompasses your entire story, your soul story. Um, so I did the Akashic Records class. I took some shamanic uh, training with a local woman here. Um, I just, I, I wanted to dabble in everything I could possibly do to see what fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so along the way, every little step that I took opened it up even further. And the more I trusted, it opened it up even further. Um, so I guess kind of the pinnacle of all of that happened about a year ago. I knew that I was tired of doing massage. I knew that I had a, a way to help people on a much deeper, deeper level. Um, and don't get me wrong. I still love massage. I still get them, but I had, I felt like there was, there was the next step was waiting for me. Um, and so I told the universe, I was like, I'm tired of doing massage, but this is the bulk of my income. And again, I wasn't trusting and I was scared. And I was like, if I let go of my massage business and I just go to do the Reiki healing, what's going to happen? You know, where's my money going to come from? And telling all these stories um, that we tend to tell ourselves when fear creeps in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was putting that message out there, but I was not quitting massage and in last September, I had, I'd been in the same office for four years. And then I come into work one day and there's a note stuck to my door. 
And I'm like, what's that about? So I open it and it says, we are not renewing your lease and you have 30 days to vacate the premises. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? Like what? It's, it's the end of the year. Like there's nowhere. I already know there's nowhere to rent in Wimberley. Like it's what? I was just like blown away. And I was so angry and because there was no warning of this, no nothing. 30 days. Wow. <laughs> we had, a, the building had a new owner and they had their offices on the property. And I was like, I'm going to go talk to her. Oh, you know, I was really angry and upset. And massage. So I had, I had an hour to calm down. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I'm getting through the massage and I'm thinking about it the whole time. And I'm like, that's just not cool. And, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, you know, I have been telling the universe, I don't want to do this anymore. So the universe is kicking me out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's how I came to terms with that. I was like, all right, I did ask for it. Okay. So that was, that was really the beginning of my, my trusting process. Cause I was like, okay, universe, if you're saying I got something better to do, give me a place to do it and give me the clientele to do it. Like help me out here. Mm-hmm. And and it did. It all fell into place, and that was you know over a year ago. And I haven't regretted once letting that go. Really. So that's one of the things I've been trying to learn <laughs> in my process of um, life is um, allowing myself the time to sit and not immediately judge and react. Because in those times of emotion, it's the immediate judge and reaction, mm-hmm. judgment and reaction that tends to be the wrong one. Um, when you're working from like fear or anger or those negative places. So that was great that you had that appointment that was already on yes, the again, it was. It was because I would have reacted the wrong way. Yeah. And then that would have been a, a relationship <laughs> that would have been a little bit different over the next 30 days. <laughs> um, so, so then what happened next? So I actually could not find an office space and I had a friend who owns um, an Airbnb here in town and she said, you know what? I'm not renting it out right now. You're welcome to use it. So I basically had a free office for three months while I looked around and figured stuff out. I knew that December 1st, January 1st, I was going to have to find something because that space would no longer be available. Um, And in the meantime, I had taken one of my other courses I had taken. Um, we're at the end, at the beginning of December, we were finishing the course and we were going around the circle and t- everybody telling um, what 2020 was going to look like for them. And one of the women says, yes, in 2020, I'm going to open my metaphysical bookstore and it's going to be great. And, da, da, da. and when she said that, my whole body just lit up mm. and I was like, that was interesting. What was that about? Uh-huh. <clears throat> so we get done with the the class and immediately I start obsessing about my metaphysical bookstore. Which is right there. <laughs> yes, which is right. I share yeah, space with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, this is crazy. I have no retail experience. I've never even worked in a retail store. Uh-huh. I have no capital. I don't even have an office for my healing business. What? What? But I obsessed about it. Like I literally didn't even sleep for two days because I was looking up. What am I going to have in my store? What is it going to look like? And, 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 and. 
So I said, okay, universe, if this is what I'm supposed to do, then here's what I need. And I made my list. I was very specific with my list. I said, it has to be on the square in Wimberley because if it's not on the square, I'm not going to get foot traffic and business is doomed to fail in this small town. Um, I said, the rent has to be affordable because it, yeah, it just has to be. Um, and, and there has to be a separate space for my office. So I was putting a lot out there, you know, that's a big demand in a small town where it's very rare that retail space even becomes available. And then you're thinking, well, it's going to be this big space if I've got to have the office and the bookstore. Yeah. Yeah. I had it completely pictured different in my mm-hmm. head. Um, so I'm looking and looking and looking and I look at several places and they just don't work for whatever reason. The rent was sky high. And I happened, I had to go to the herb shop that's right down the street right there. And instead of parking in front of the herb shop, which has plenty of parking, I parked right in front of what is now my office. And I went and did my business and I came back and I saw the sign and I was like, oh, that's a cute little building. Let me go look and see what they've got going over there. And I looked in the window and it's two separate spaces that's connected through a door, two separate doors, two separate addresses, but it's one space. It's one rent. And I was like, okay. So I'm, I'm looking at the paper that they have outside and I saw the, the price for the rent. And I was like, gotta be kidding me right now. <laughs> you can't leave. I just called him. Is, somebody else. I did. That's exactly what I did. I called him right then. And I said, when can you come meet me? Because I want to sign the lease right now. <laughs> So I did. I signed the lease. Um, I basically manifested the capital in a in a manner that I didn't have to pay back. It wasn't a loan. It wasn't. Um, I basically traded for stuff. Um, filled my shop and had it open by the end of February. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love it. I'm so happy that I did it. it. It makes me happy just getting to go walk through there every day. I don't know. It just it feels magical. <laughs> so it's interesting. I was listening to um, someone a couple of days ago talking about uh, intuition. And they said, um, you know, you have to you know, put practices into place to allow yourself to hear what you need to do next or allow yourself to see it. But the hardest part is actually taking the action Mm -hmm. and having the confidence or the, just the trust, like you said, to just go. And um, he's like, you know, a lot of people, he said, you know, including me, and this was an energy healer. And he said, including me, like I hear. And then I'm like, there's no way this is what I'm supposed to do. No way. How am I supposed to move to Sedona, Arizona? I don't know. Whatever it is. How am I supposed to like open up the shop in Wimberley? This this rent sky high. But if you're really listening, so what is your advice to that? Because what I, what I see is there's this whole big range of, um, you know, how people come into their days. But for the vast majority of maybe it's just the people that I know and hang around with most of the time, or maybe it's because I live in America during, you know, any other time of 2020, um, most people, and even still during this time where we're like supposed to be, you know, still and be at home and be thoughtful. um, 
we're so in our minds of mm-hmm. what's happening next and filling things. So if we're not right. making dinner or getting the kids ready or doing Zoom schools, we're filling it with a TV or TV noise, if nothing else. Right. I, you know. So um, what is your, when people come in and see you for the first time, what's the process? And what are your thoughts about how to start tapping into your intuition if you're not already in a practice? So when I was taking that Akashic Records class, it was like a six or eight week course. Like, and we were doing stuff, doing homework all the time. Um, this was still when I was very much control freak and very much not trusting. And when I did hear my intuition, I would argue Yes, I <laughs> yes, totally argue. And one of the first messages that I got during a meditation in that class was sit, be still, and listen. And I wrote it down. And even though sometimes I still have the mind chatter, I repeat that to myself all the time. And that is really key. You've got to shut out the mind chatter. You've got to center yourself so that you can connect to that, that higher source and receive the messages that are coming in because honestly they're coming in all the time, but because we distract ourselves, we're not receiving them. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think that the next step to that, that I've been learning because I'm also a practicing control freak (laughs) is the concept of, and this goes against everything that we've learned from school and business Um, you know, you want to have a plan, you want to have a roadmap, you want to know what your end game is. Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe you just need to have a vision, but no plan. Absolutely. And that's, that's something that I tell people all the time. You have to let go of the how Mm -hmm. all you need to focus on is, is the end result Mm -hmm. and let the universe take care of the rest because it's, it could look completely different than what you ever imagined Mm -hmm. a year ago today. If somebody said, what will you be doing next November? I would have been like, Oh, I'm going to have this. I'm going to have a practice. And it's going to be probably in a small, quiet office somewhere off of the main road. You know, this is not what I had envisioned, but it worked out and it's beautiful. And it's, it's bringing, it's bringing people to my, that shop is bringing people to my practice. Mm -hmm. So it starts the conversation. Yeah. And you need to know that that's what was going to happen with your bookshop. Yeah, but um, but that's that's the path mm-hmm. that is bringing those people right now. Well, you never know what that path and what that journey is going to bring to you. You have to be open and willing. I was just having a conversation before this um, about the willingness to have a conversation with a stranger. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's obviously it's COVID right now, so there's not a lot of ton, a ton of opportunity for that, but. Um, but even just the concept of being open to those opportunities that present themselves in life, instead of being like, I have to go to the grocery store, then I have to do this, then I have to do that. Right. You're like, well, what if you're on your way to the grocery store and you see, oh, this happened to me when I moved to Wimberley. Um, we saw the sign for the blue hole. Mm-hmm. And we were on the way to the grocery store. And my kids were like, what's that? We should go. And I was like, no, we're going to the grocery store. That was the plan. And they're like, why not? Yeah, because mom had a plan and 
<laughs> so we did and we yeah. spent like two hours because it's beautiful and gorgeous and yeah. um and of course we go we're gonna go there this afternoon even but uh it changed our entire day our week our experience of Wimberley and then you know we were happier going into the grocery store and um there was no reason to not stop mm-hmm. um other than the plan wasn't that wasn't what the plan yeah. was. And I know, you know, different, different people's, the way they organize their lives, some are in such high control or such high fear that they don't allow those organic things to happen. And then, and then, like you said, these ailments creep up over time and it's, it, it may be blamed on things that are completely not related. So talk to me a little bit more about your, um, how you go about finding those stuck places, um, in yourself and in your clients. So my processes with clients, when they come in, um, I get permission because I always get permission. People are like, you're going to be reading my wine. I'm like, no, unless you give me permission. I'm not, that's no, that's not where I come from. So I get always get permission. And and what that looks like is I get the vibrational frequency at which they're holding right now, which is their name and their date of birth. So with that, that's kind of a key to unlock the Akashic records. And then we can tap into that energy field and look at the root cause of where the ailment came from in the first place. Um, and, and it's shifted now. It's not just physical. It's also emotional places that were being held back as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so once we get in there, my guides are really good with um, pinpointing things for me. I see things like like a movie. It's almost like a memory that's not my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm able to have a conversation with, with the person sitting across from me and allow them to bring these emotions up to the to conscious mind because it might be something that they repressed. It might be something that they just chose to forget about mm-hmm. or that maybe they just have no conscious memory of in the first place. Right. Um, so if we can bring that up to the conscious mind and let the conscious mind, let the ego deal with it and, and remove it, make a conscious decision to say I'm done with that emotion, then we can let it go on that level, on the intellectual level. And then through the Reiki healing, we can let it go on um, an energetic level as well. So we're, we're healing in multifaceted ways in the sessions that, that we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was, um, no, I mean, people come in here not having any idea what to expect. Right. Mm -hmm. So what do, what do people usually say? Do, when you get new clients, are they, um, usually experienced with, this type of healing they've done it in the past or is it most often their first time it's a little bit of both i have some people who will come in they'll come in first just for a reiki session just to see what that's about and see how that works for them um and and most of the time if they're open enough to receive then they'll come in for the shamanic healing which is a lot more in depth um so i have yeah a little bit of both Mm-hmm. But for the most part, and I've asked spirit, I'm like, anybody that walks through my door, please allow them to be open and receptive. Because if they're not, then if they're not there yet, it's going to be a waste of both of our time because 
it's going to be for nothing if they don't receive. So what has been your biggest challenge in this portion of your journey? Being with friends and family and anybody that I'm close to and I love and seeing that, seeing their blockages, but then they refuse to acknowledge them and, and being and stepping away from that not taking responsibility for that Mm -hmm. because at first I was like, and this is typical empath. I can save you. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I know what's wrong with you. Let me help you. Um, but what else the control? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I've learned through all of this is that I'm, first of all, I can't save anybody. You have to save yourself. And if you're not willing to even walk through my door, there's nothing I can fight for you all day long, but if you're not fighting for yourself, I'm just going to wear myself out. Mm -hmm. So that's been my biggest challenge. I think is to be able to trust that they're on their own journey and they have to learn their lessons their way. And, and my way isn't right for everybody. Mm -hmm. So what was it that you told me early on? Um, And I, I know the concept of it, but the way you said it was so much more beautiful and succinct about, um, like shining my light, but not giving it away mm-hmm. or, you know, not necessarily um, helping everyone that, that needed to be helped kind of right. this, the same thing. Um, tell me, tell us <laughs> what you meant by that, like shine right. your light, but don't give it away. So as an empath, what we tend to do is we feel everybody else's feelings around us and conscious or not. Sometimes what happens is because you feel bad. Therefore I feel bad because I can feel you. I want you to feel better. So I'm going to go do whatever it takes to make you happy so that I can feel happy. Mm -hmm. And what's happening in this is that we're draining our energy into that other person who, who may or may not even recognize that we're giving to them. They're just receiving. They're like, Oh, I feel so much better because somebody's giving me all their energy. Right. So and then they're drawn to you even more. Yeah. Yeah. And then it could become an energetic vampire situation. Nobody wants that. Um, so what I teach is that you protect your energy with an energetic bubble. You can still shine your light out of that. You can, you can still give when you need to, but you're not being drained because there's this protective layer now around you. That's not going to allow people to reach in and suck it dry. You know, mm-hmm. um, where else was I going with that? Sometimes spirit tells me to shut up and they take my thoughts away because mm-hmm. I'm talking about something I shouldn't be. So, well, I bring that up. <laughs> I bring that up in this context of the podcast because I know that people who run their businesses from from a, a passion or a mission driven space um, tend to be high impact, and uh, and with that, a lot of times they find in the running of the business that they're giving themselves so away so much mm-hmm. that they're not giving the business the energy that it needs or not focusing the energy on the the areas of their business that they can grow or focusing their energy on just being the healthy person that they can be so that everybody else can you know focus their energy on themselves and their roles in the business 
Um, so I, I see that happen all the time. Um, and I, f- I feel it happening with me, not just in my personal relationships, but in the way that I communicate with my teams. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I, that's one of the main reasons I brought that up yeah. specifically, because I think it's a very common thing to do when Absolutely. you're like a passion or mission driven mm-hmm. person. Yeah. It, it's, it's all about finding balance, really, mm-hmm. you know, be sure that that you're not over giving to to a, a black hole that's not going to get back. And that can be a business, that can be a relationship, that can be whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So that's a really good point, just saying that it, to a business, because a lot of people find themselves in the business and running the business. And I've had several conversations in the last week where people realized with 2020 and COVID that they weren't that profitable financially. They're putting way too much time into a business and they weren't doing the part of it that they liked anyway. Mm -hmm. So they were like, you know, maybe my business failed. It was in, I had it going for 10 years, but I'm like, first of all, it's not a failure. If you ran a business for 10 years (laughs) and you, you know, employed people and whatever. But I think the realization that it was more of a black hole than a, bright star you know you you went into this concept of having a bookshop because of that other feeling that it gave yeah. you and at some point for a lot of business owners this is not how they feel mm-hmm. when they're running their business so then that conversation needs to happen with themselves to stop slow down and listen yeah and say what's the best role that I can play here where I'm making the positive impact that I can what's the best role for me in my life that I can have that positive you know yeah feeling again and maybe that's to shut the whole thing down and walk away and you don't have to like literally shut the doors and tell everybody they have right. notice <laughs> um luckily they have a massage booked or something um but but just stopping and listening and, and seeing that, you know, is this a black hole or is this a bright star? Right. And if it's starting to feel black hole-ish, what kind of different yeah, paths Yeah, can let's regroup and, and rework this and see what else it looks like. Absolutely. So one of my biggest things that I've, I've thought about and um, I talk about some, and that's why I do the um, Monday mantras, but the concept of for a business owner or, you know, someone who's in the leadership role in, in any space, stopping, being quiet and listening. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the opposite of what they should be doing. Like that's what they think. Like, really? Right. You want me to take like, a nap? I don't have time for that. I don't have time for yeah. that. I've got da, 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 to do. Um, but then like realizing that you're not going to know what to clearly do mm-hmm. with the right what, what your next aha moment is going to be or what's going to really fulfill. Yeah. When we're in that frame of mind and, and trust me, I've been there. That's probably what caused my burnout. Mm-hmm. But when we're in that frame of mind, we're in the ego mind a hundred percent. And the ego is not going to allow for connection because it wants to be in control. Mm. And, and if there's starting to become a deeper connection with spirit and you're listening to your intuition versus your ego, the ego is going to fear that you don't need it anymore. And that's when it starts talking even louder. So yeah, allowing yourself some balance there and just 
finding a quiet moment. And I tell people this all the time. I'm like, you don't have to do an hour meditation. You don't have to go do yoga every day. Take 10 minutes, get a cup of coffee, go sit outside on your back porch alone and just be quiet, put the phone down. Just be quiet, 10 minutes, that's all it takes. Mm -hmm. That will completely reset you and get you in a completely different mind frame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I used to make the excuse that I didn't have 10 minutes Mm -hmm. or five minutes. And then I heard Tony Robbins say, like, if you don't have 10 minutes for yourself, you don't have a life. Yeah. Bullshit. Well, yeah. And I always say too, what's priority? Yeah. Cause you do have those 10 minutes, but you're, you, you're prioritizing something else over yourself. And what's going to happen if you don't. So this is, um, I started like my intro to meditation was really just, I kept saying, like, Oh, I can't I might make myself sit still for five, 10 minutes. I can't do that. So what can I do? I can take a deep breath when I know I need it (laughs) before a big call or before a big meeting, I can just, (sighs) and realize, Oh, wow. I was really tight before I took that big breath, but I let it go. And now, now I feel like I can have a totally different conversation than I was going to have before that breath. And then I realized, well, if one breath (laughs) is going to change an entire conversation I'm going to have with somebody, what is five minutes going to do? And then when do I allow myself to myself? When am I going to allow myself to have conversations with myself? Right. Yeah. And you talk about control and tightness and ego versus intuition. And, um, that I, I, you know, I'm in this, like, I'm in that fight right now, um, and have been over the last year. And I, um, am more aware of all of the tightness and blockages in my body than I've ever, ever been before. And um, just turned 40 and no, I hear people say this all the time. Well, I'm getting old. I guess that's an ailment that I have to deal with for the rest of my life. I'm like, well, I have a goal to live to be 102. (laughs) So I don't want to have this for another 60 years. That's absolutely a story that we tell ourselves because our parents told us that our grandparents told everybody, you know, has this running story and people say something all the time. They're like, well, you know, you're getting older. I'm like, no, I don't believe in that. You don't and I'm very to. serious yep. about that. I mm-hmm. don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> with you on that. No, absolutely. Well, and I was, um, it's the same concept and, and, you know, we're, we're working on a lot of stuff together, but, uh, I told you the other day or last a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I have made my life to be this, you know, beautiful, perfect portrait that I didn't even know that I could do. Like I had this vision and now like I have this postcard and you're like, oh shit, I made that. And that's my life. Like, what's next? And you're like, here's a new canvas. Yeah. It could be totally different. It could be slightly, di- it could be whatever you make it to be. But we get to this place because we've been told or because, you know, it's learned behavior that once you're on a bath, that's the bath you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, I live in a small town and manufacturing is the, um, you know, the job. And then once you get in the job, then you just got to work up that ladder. And that's, you know, then your next step is just taking care of your family. And that's your only, well, why? Right. Because <laughs> somebody else said that that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Instead of us quietening ourselves and listening to what, 
we what our heart says we should be doing. Mm-hmm. So speaking of that, when you quiet yourself, <laughs> what are you hearing uh, is you know next on your path in your journey? <sighs> okay, let's say this out loud for the first time ever. Um, because it just came to me last night in two separate dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been getting the message that I'm blocking something, that I'm not seeing something clearly, that I'm denying myself the next step because of my own internal fear. And so I've been doing card readings for myself. I'm like, I'm ready. I just want to see what is it. I'm not trying to lie to myself, you know, and I did a card reading for myself yesterday and it was, it was a little clear, but it wasn't, it wasn't specific. And so I go to bed last night and I wake up in the middle of the night from a dream and I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I go back to sleep and I have a second dream that's the same concept. And I'm like, okay. So in August, I took this shamanic breathwork course. Um, it was very intensive, two weeks. We did it a straight 14 days. And um through that process, going deeper into my own self, breath work is super, super deep work. And doing that for myself, it kept coming up that I was supposed to be doing something with singing. I don't know. I don't know what or, or what that looks like. And so I just kept diving into it. I've, I've been a singer my entire life as long as I can remember. I was always in choir or whatever, you know, getting myself out there. And now I love to go do karaoke, but that's about the extent of it, you know? Um, so I have, I have so many musician friends. Mm-hmm. I have people who know the ins and outs of all of that. And so I'm just going to have to start researching and looking and seeing what that looks like. I feel in my heart, I feel like what it is, it's going to be like a, a guided meditation, maybe through song, mm-hmm. somehow or another, um, vocalizing, um, channeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I'd- And then bringing that into your retreats in some way, you know, especially if you do multi-day retreats mm-hmm. that can be brought in, in, in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, I'm, I'm open to seeing what that's going to look like. I don't know what it's going to look like, uh-huh. but it's very clear to me now. When I when I woke up from those dreams, I was just like, okay, I get it. And that is something, even though I'm not, I'm not super shy about getting up there and singing somebody else's song, for me to sing my own song, that I think is the intimidation factor. And so do you feel like right now your own song is what we think of as like American poetry song, singer songwriter or whatever it might be. Or do you feel like it's literally your voice? It's the voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The words are going to be channeled. They won't be my words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just a vessel. And you've been talking about doing more retreats mm-hmm. in, and have you, has that, no, not really. I'm doing a couple of like online workshops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but as far as the retreat thing goes, that's, I think, just kind of on hold right now. Um, but yeah, I do want to definitely reach a broader spectrum of seekers 
because mm-hmm. there's so many out there that are waking up and especially with the energies right now, everything that's going through, I want people to know that they're loved and supported and that they're not alone because so many, even people that I work with, they're like, I didn't, I don't know who else to talk to. And this is going to sound really weird to somebody else who doesn't understand, but they don't know who to talk to. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to get those conversations started because it, it eases your mind in a lot of different ways when you start doing this inner work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and listening to your intuition. So that word has popped up um, three or four times this week in different ways, but really um, coming back to the concept of slowing down and listening and letting yourself be guided Mm-hmm. Um, and Bill Small, I feel like I bring him up on every podcast, but he's like always in my head. Um, he, he puts out the, this concept. One of the first things that he talks to his, um, his coaching clients about is the concept that the voice in your head is not you, mm-hmm. you know, so the stories that you tell yourself that are limiting, you know, I'm not good enough, whatever. Um, those are not you, but also the voice that tells you that you need to do something or you have to stay on the right, the same path or all those things, those are not necessarily you either, you know? So you are, whether you realize it or not, you are being guided, but which voice are you listening to? Which voice are you giving power to? And that's a really tough concept for a lot of people Mm -hmm. to, um, to come to grips with. Or they've been brought up in this Judeo-Christian or, or a lot of other religions concept of it's either me or it's God. It's mm-hmm. like it's still a, it's a bi-directional, separate yeah. conversation. And it can't be that you're, you're hearing from a guide or you're hearing from an ancestor or, you know, that there's these other voices that work their way into your consciousness. Mm-hmm. I think too, it's important to understand is that we're, none of us are separate. Mm. Yes. We're all one in the same. We're all part of whatever higher being you believe in. We're all connected. So it's this combined energy. And mm. I feel like when something like COVID happens, and I find it interesting that we say like COVID happened. You know, like when COVID happened, I say that all the time and I hear other people saying the same thing. Um, But when there's a global phenomenon, the energy is felt globally. So Mm -hmm. when there's, you know, most of the time it's a a, a single uh, country or, or region that is war torn or that has a dictator that is, you know, you know, pulling the positive energy and power. And then there's these little pockets of like light within, but, um, but when there's something like this, it's, I mean, there've been world wars, but still not affecting nearly as many people at the same time. And so I, you know, we're kind of in a transitionary spot right now where people are kind of just denying that COVID has happened uh, and it's still happening. Yeah. Um, but I, the, the energy that's around that is really interesting and who's picking up on what energies. And what I hear a lot of people saying is like they, they wanted to try to lean into the thing that gave them, you know, joy or passion. 
but then they felt like that they were in this like circular spinning really heavy negative place Mm -hmm. of confusion and and like negative energy so um i mean i feel like that is a part like just the the best illustration of that combined energy and what can come out of that is the realization of how we affect each other mm-hmm. and leaning into the ability to listen to the right voices right. and to let go and calm down. So talk to me a little bit about what you've been feeling. Um, you know, you've had your business in this transitional mm-hmm. time. You've been seeing clients in talking to clients in this traditional or transitional, yeah. non-traditional <laughs> time. Um, what what are your feelings about um, the the energetic space that we're living in and that we may be transitioning into? So we're coming to the end of an era of a paradigm of reality as we know it, which I think we've already been experiencing that all year long. But um, we're coming into this new time of of really awesome energies, but we got to learn to embrace those energies too so 2020 everybody's like oh it's been the worst year ever and i'm like actually it's been kind of nice to you know step away from normalcy and and it's it's slowly but surely built us up to what's going to be happening with the energy in december and i think there's just a bigger picture at play here that that people are just upset because we've interrupted their routines Mm -hmm. and we're very routine driven Mm -hmm. you know society so this is helping us get out of those routines so that we can ease into these new energies that are coming in after the solstice yeah so i i'm realizing that the routines that we've because in my mind, I said, you know, our species is very routine. I'm like, well, not just, I mean, like every animals have, you know, routines, yeah. like whether it's migration or like, I know the deer in my yard yeah. very much have a, a routine. Um, but it's more of our routines have gotten so tied to um, the, the tangible, physical or technical places or things in our lives, like growth for the sake of growth, money, um, you know, being busy. And, um, and what this year has taught us is all of those things that we, those routines that were not tied to connection were disrupted. And the first thing we all wanted and the thing that we're still striving and, and really kind of grasping at is that human connection. And so hopefully that's what we're leaning into in this next phase. Yeah, definitely. And that's what's important to know too, is that we're already, we're experiencing it. Like you mentioned earlier, people are feeling like a lot of depression and a lot of things like that because they're feeling the collective energy. Mm -hmm. We're going to continue to feel the collective energy, but you have to find that balance. Like we talked about earlier, you're not finding that balance. You're going to get really sucked into it. And, and I feel like that's, what's kept me a little bit sane when I see people around me, like losing their minds, you know, a little bit um, about what's happening. Cause they don't understand from a broader perspective. And I'm like, I'm trying to offer you this information, but sometimes it's just too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And they're not ready. 
Yeah. And that's okay. So those of us who do understand, I feel like are probably holding the sacred space for, for the rest of the world to transition into that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be a push and pull. There's always going to be control, mm-hmm. but there will always be a collective energy that's, that's balanced as well. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts about, um, it's going to get better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one yeah. to end on. Um, I, I think that people are seeing that the connections that they felt so that they valued so much are, they let go because of their commitment to things that were not important. And so um, hopefully as we, as we move into, you know, 2021, we take those concepts with us and we realize how, all of the wonderful things that came out of being required to slow down and listen and connect with our families, be alone with ourselves. You know, at first I thought I'm trying to run a business with two small kids that are on zoom calls. And my Mm -hmm. husband's trying to be a therapist when the kids are like, (laughs) triggering somebody right now. Um, But um, like, what in the world? This is this is not going to work. But then I was like, well, fine. Then I'm going to shut down at three o'clock, and we're going to go outside and play board games on the driveway. And I'm like, how amazing is this? It's mm-hmm. a beautiful day in Driftwood, Texas, and we're playing board games under an oak tree that's probably 400 years yeah. old. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just having that gratitude, finding something to be happy and grateful for mm-hmm. and trusting that there will always be something to be mm-hmm. grateful for. Yes. Even in the darkest times. Yeah, absolutely. Which are far from those. As we hear all these people complain, some people are in their darkest times still, yes. but yeah. 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 So <laughs> heart goes out to those people and Knowing still that in your darkest times, there's always something to be grateful for. Yeah. You just have to choose. You have to choose to find it. Choose to find it and choose to focus on that. Mm-hmm. And pull yourself back to that. Yeah. Whenever you need to, whenever you can. Yeah. And for me, let go of control. <laughs> working on it help me work on it <laughs> uh it's all it's a journey for all of us right so thank you so much for all of your time if you think of anything else feel free to let me know and i'll share it with the with the audience um but in the meantime i really enjoyed our conversation yes. thank you Hey, so what did you think of MVP Business? If you liked it, please subscribe and tell all your friends. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you didn't like it, don't just leave. Let me know what I can do to improve, who you'd like to hear from, and what you'd like to learn. 
The mission of MVP Business is to share the strengths and struggles of leaders who have successfully grown their businesses while staying true to their mission and vision so that other entrepreneurs can follow, knowing that the path isn't easy, but the journey's worth it. If you believe in this mission, please help by living it and sharing it. In the meantime, enjoy the day and live with passion.